Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Supply Chain Data Driven Podcast. We've got a great guest with us this morning. I'm really looking forward to speaking with Taki Edin Elimat, who is the co-founder and CEO of Synode, a fantastic company out of Canada. And Taki, it's it's great to have you here. Welcome. How's everything going? Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Scott and uh, thank you for having me uh, in here with you. Uh, it's doing great. Uh, we're uh, busy, but it's uh, good, good busy, I would say. Always, uh, always good to hear. And Adine, can you give us a little background about yourself? Um, I'm curious to know more about your journey as an entrepreneur. Yeah, so I come from uh, a hybrid background, uh, combining software engineering, visual arts, mainly photography and entrepreneurship. Uh, but it really all started with photography, uh, where I used to roam the streets of Montreal with my Canon 5D, 5D MK2, uh, getting on top of silos, green silos, uh, rooftops, and looking for this uh, perfect vintage point and view on top of our uh, beloved city, uh, Montreal. This led me to uh, win a contest, which was the photo of the year, uh, voted by the city of Montreal and Centre d'Histoire de Montréal and other uh, organizations like that, which fostered uh, and led me to initiate my entrepreneurial uh, journey with uh, a company I started, which was called Pixel Montréal, and where I did some real estate photography uh, in parallel with my studies. And this is where I'll introduce my technical side, now that I've spoken about the creative one. And one thing that I liked a lot, which was the creation, you know, uh, visual creation with photography, videography, graphic design. But there's a lot, another thing that fascinated me, which is creating platforms that helps and allows users to create themselves and share their creations. And that's what uh, led me to uh, software engineering because it's the perfect place to create those kind of uh, platforms. Um, during my uh, professional journey, I found a fondness, if I may say, with the front-end uh, development because it was at the crossroad of the technical and the visual. But it was at the crossroad between different departments, the sales and marketing, the customer service, the engineers, the programmers, to create this facade, this interface where the client can interact with the company's um, products and processes. And I found my, my, my ease at that. So I participated in a lot of great projects uh, here uh, in Canada, but also in England, where I worked with this amazing company uh, called Brave Disguise. And I'm mentioning it, mentioning it uh, because it was a company that had a technological arm and under the umbrella of the company, there were other startups, uh, home-based startups. And in this environment, I uh, re-found or retasted the thrills that my entrepreneurial uh, like chords uh, vibrated, if I may say. And I found the same in Canada when I came back. Uh, so I left Montreal, I installed in Eastern Townships. Super beautiful. I don't regret, regret it, by the way. <laughs> and I worked with a company that was basically having the same in, same setup with other uh, startups and companies spinning off from it. But it was also the technological arm of top manufacturers in North America, uh, such as Bush Furniture in the United States, Bestar, Cozy, 
some some of you might uh, know uh, Cozy. And I had the chance to work not only with you know an internal team of programmers, designers, marketers, but also with their team. And while, while working with their engineers, the customer service, the sales and marketing departments, this is where I realized that the post-purchase experience wasn't a hassle only for the end user or the end client. It was a challenge also behind the scenes for the engineers. They've seen the product documentation creation as a punishment. And this is what led slowly to the Eureka moment that is sign of today. Fantastic. I appreciate your background and obviously a very varied background, a lot of different experiences, including, as you mentioned, jumping on top of rooftops, which is which is incredible, a, thr a thrilling background, Edine. And um, it's it's fantastic to be speaking with you, as mentioned. What what advice would you give someone who dreams of starting their own company as, as you've done with Synode? Yeah, so the dreaming part is super important. So dream big, uh, but I suggest to start small and go fast. Uh, and especially learn and fail fast. Uh, this is important and uh, it implies a lot of uh, flexibility, but also uh, having you know a good vision on your landscape and about yourself and the landscape uh, as well. And maybe another advice is to um, surround yourself with uh, the right people, the right talents, because this is the key element uh, as well. I, I love that. I think that's so important to surround yourself with the proper team and and match that with the solution or sorry, with the problems at hand that you're looking to solve, right? And you know, can you give our audience a little bit more of the story of Synode? What are some of the big challenges? Where did your vision come from to bring it all together today? Yeah, so yeah, to um you know, I concluded the presentation or the background presentation about the Eureka moment uh, that came when I yeah. that realized that behind the scene there was this uh, uh, whole world uh, of the creation of the product documentation itself. And what I realized uh, and what I noticed is a paradox. The paradox is that the product documentation is uh, comprising a lot of those you know, 2D diagrams uh, that makes our joy uh, as customers when we try to assemble or use some products. But those 2D diagrams are based on uh, top of 3D files, which is the most visual uh, element we have technologically today. A 3D model is highly visual, but the way product documentation, the traditional one are created is that we go from the 3D model the technicians or the engineers try to deassemble it, create the sequences, but with ma manually and with a 2D tools, and which uh, brings a lot of uh, confusion to the end users in trying to decipher, to interpret what they're seeing. And the question I've asked myself is, since we're starting from the 3D model, why not simply have a tool where we can take it play with almost with our hands, the assemble it, plan the sequences, rearrange the elements, making it highly visual with automated animations. And when we, we're, we're, we're done with that, when we're satisfied, then we can share it with the end user. 
whether it be the client, the distributor, the partner, for assembly, maintenance, or simply use utilization. Uh, so when I imagined this tool, of course, it was an, an idea on a napkin. So we <laughs> had to start small, as I said. <laughs> um, so uh, I've been lucky because uh, I had a good reception from the uh, manufacturers we've been working with uh, that validated the simplest prototype you could ever see, which was um, uh, a 3D controlled animation controlled uh, model where that goes from a panel that goes off and then comes back in. <laughs> the simplest thing. It was web-based, which already differentiated signals from what's going on in the market because uh, most solutions are turnkey and they are deployed through the third party or the uh, the furniture application mobile application so what has been developed as a prototype was web web based so it could be embedded everywhere like a youtube video that you can play interact you scan a qr code and then you can have it in your screen anywhere and we had the LOI uh, from this uh, company, and which helped me a lot in pitching the idea to the president of the company I was working for, uh, that embarked in the in the in the adventure and the craziness of uh, uh, signed our vision, and we slowly started to uh, boost our 3D visualizer uh, to create a cool uh, animations for different industries, not only the furniture industry for which we come from, but other uh, industries. Actually, one of our first use cases in the is in the construction materials industry. And this is a, a whole other story. That's uh, that uh, I love this one. Um, and slowly, we validated the idea, the market, uh, the differentiation. And then came the time to create the software that does what I mentioned before, which is you play with your hands and you plan your sequences, you animate, and you can create a lot of different cool um, documentation and communi technical communications with the three existing 3D files in the company. Uh, so this is what led to Synod. And by the way, Synod means system of assembly in all Greek. <laughs> I was I was just going to ask, That's uh, do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? I think it's a fitting name. Yeah, I, I must admit that when I um, after the napkin, I had to give you know a, a name to this to this uh, baby, and I was looking for names, and I must admit I was like looking at names like enhancer or <laughs> things like that, <laughs> and it's while uh, going through um, a dictionary of old Greek and looking through um, you know words containing assembly in them, then I know this sign up, which is system of assembly with um, its evolution. It has been used a lot in the uh, church uh, because it's like, um, you know, uh, there's uh, this assembly of clerks and uh, uh, priests. I'm, I'm sure I'm not giving the right exact definition with this, but it has been used a lot uh, with uh, with the church. And that's why if you search sign on, you'll find a lot of references uh, in that regard. But I thought to myself, let's go back to the original meaning and nothing better uh, to uh, describe what we're doing than sign on system of an assembly. So yeah, that's the, the origin story of the name. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great name. It's a catchy name and uh, a fantastic origin, origin story as well. And I think it's very, uh, it's going to stick in people's mind, right? And it's going to, it's going to really, uh, it's going to really 
um, be something that they remember. It's a memorable name. I would be curious to hear about Axia's origin uh, story for the name, because it's catchy, it's short, <laughs> it's uh, punchy. Well, well, we'll have to save that for the part two, considering I'm not the founder and I want to make sure it comes straight from our uh, from our founder's mouth. But again, another uh, Greek origin name, which I'll let our founder speak to next time we meet up. But uh, I appreciate the background there. And you you mentioned some of the different use cases. You mentioned yeah. furniture, uh, the furniture industry being the origin, correct, or the primary use case from which everything else sprouted. Um, it, I'm sure everyone can. I can certainly identify with you know 2D printed instructions when I'm trying to put together some furniture. Uh, is that along the lines of of the problem you're solving in that industry? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Whenever there is 3D models and product documentation, technical communications, uh, we have the ground to uh, set up um, or to 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 provide um, a good value for the manufacturer. Uh, but we started in the furniture manufacturing world. But one thing that is special, one of our earliest um, customers is uh, a construction materials um, uh, company called Integraspec that um, build and commercialize those innovative ICF panels, insulated concrete foams panels, that allows you basically to build your structure almost like Legos. So you put your panels and then afterwards you pour in your concrete. And their representatives came to see us very early and with a toolbox, imagine that, filled with DVDs, uh, VCRs, and uh, a paper guide uh, of 98 pages, asking us to help them uh, to furnish a solution because the customer service were like swamped with calls, questions. Uh, there was this text, this much text in each page and this uh, much of images. It was really hard to grasp and understand their products. And this is uh, funny because one of the first guys that had been created uh, in, uh, in Synod isn't an assembly guide. It's a utilization guide to help you build with their panels. And the funny, part is that this in, we were looking for slogans at the, at the time and one of the slogans we had is we help or redefine how we build the world together because we, we, we've seen it uh, as a creation tool to help you better build and it was basically one of our first clients we helped them help their clients use their products and build them and uh, the end result is uh, fascinating so you have this step-by-step -step guide that shows you and onboard you from the process of setting up the the, the the plan to how do you put and place all of the panels together, how you stitch them together, how you do the cutting the panels, the doors, and at the end you'll be able to do the pouring. And uh, this is one fascinating use case that show how Synod quickly started to be uh, used by other industries. So now we have marine uh, industries, aerospatial industries that are seeing the value of repurposing their existing 3D files and quickly generate um, smooth and um, captivating uh, interactive documentations. That's that's fascinating. And if I were to you know capture everything in one sentence from what I'm hearing about Synode, and you can 
you know, point me in the right direction if I'm off here. But it sounds to me that Synode is helping companies, you know, trans really transform the way that they share knowledge in 3D. Would that be a, an accurate one-line description? Super accurate. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's the that's a big part of our vision um, because you know knowledge sharing is key in, in inside organizations, uh, not only internally because we have training, reskilling, knowledge transfer, uh, but also with the external world, with your clients, distributors, partners, in order for them to understand your products and set it up correctly. And one paradox we have, or I, I may say uh, more of um, uh, gave away, no, not gave away, um, trade-off, let's say. That one trade-off we meet uh, when we're dealing with knowledge uh, sharing is that we have to sacrifice quality for quantity. As humans, the best way for us to learn is by engaging multiple senses, uh, by being in situations with other persons, allowing us to see, talk, interact, and uh, that's the fastest way for us to learn, uh, uh, for, uh, generally speaking. So it's impossible to clone that person that is training you uh, thousands of times, millions of times, to provide this quality of uh, teaching and learning and knowledge transfer. So what we do is that we use um, formats that are limited in terms of how they can convey this knowledge, such as PDF, paper documentation, sometimes videos, but they are limitless in terms of the quantity that we can uh, share. 3D comes in and resolves that because it allows you to add other senses to the experience. You can interact, you can play, you can hear, you can see animation, you can access angles, and it can also be shared with an unlimited amount of people. So that's why, uh, as you mentioned, um, with for us, 3D is the perfect tool to redefine the way we share knowledge. And it's the base or the start of a revolution that is way, way uh, or well in process uh, right now that will lead to mixed reality, more and more extended reality surrounding us in the super near future, if not now. It's so interesting how this is such an advanced way to share knowledge, but at the same time, I'm sure there are some barriers to adoption. Um, I'm curious, Edine, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges you face in terms of the adoption of this 3D sharing um, knowledge? Yeah, so one of the reasons why we don't see a lot of those 3D product documentations around us when we buy products or when we try to set up uh, uh, or install uh, an item is that it's super costly uh, to, to create. Um, it's, as I said, the landscape um, in this 3D space is uh, monopolized by turnkey agencies that will take the 3D files of companies and they create it for them. They set them up in calendars and they'll tell them, let's make a rendezvous in three months and then we'll deploy it for you. And if you need to do adjustments, let's do another X in the calendar and we'll do it for you in another X months. So it makes it um, super costly, time consuming, and you lose autonomy and you also cause some friction 
with the customer because you make them download an app that is not from your business and you forward them to another uh, service provider. So that's why uh, Synode is trying to tackle this challenge and to eliminate this, eliminate this barrier, if I may say, by furnishing the companies the tool that help them repurpose themselves and quickly the uh, 3D files to create interactive product documentation. So that's um, the uh, barrier we're trying to eliminate and we try to convey it to manufacturers to say, if you take the ratio between what it causes to the business uh, to have bad product documentation in terms of return rates up to 35% caused by assembly uh, related issues, the customer service inquiries, volumes, the, uh, the evaluations, the notes that are uh, down because of that, the time to proficiency, which is too, too, too high uh, internally, and all of other elements, and the fact that they already have the um, 3D files, and now that we provide the solution, the barriers are slowly starting to fade uh, away, and uh, that's what we're uh, doing right now. Amazing. And and talk to me a little bit about the reaction you've received from some of the customers you work with. What are they saying to you, Adin, about uh, this this new technology you have? Well, the, the reaction is, duh, this is not really, <laughs> why didn't this exist before? What, what did they, and it's, it's, a, it's flattering in a way, but it shows you the, 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 the walk or the way we have a long way because we have something unique and the reaction is, of course, yes, that's, yeah, exactly, why? And uh, the reflexes are, ah, oh, yeah, we've heard about this company doing something similar, but it's costly, it's uh, nice to have, it's, uh, yeah, we're not there yet, et cetera, et cetera. And one other aspect I didn't, uh, and maybe I don't know if we can uh, call it an announce in this podcast, but the vision of Synod is not to be only uh, dedicated for the after purchase or for the training uh, aspect of a business. The 3D file or model with through our technology can re be repurposed to other use cases. And there's a new application uh, in our platform, which is seen as an ecosystem of apps and add-ons that helps reuse the same 3D files inside that has been uploaded to it to create another type of assembly but this time it's an assembly of different products together to streamline the ordering process. So now manufacturers are starting to use Synode to create an embed quickly using the WYSIWYG, the same WYSIWYG interface through a different type of timeline because this time it's not a, a horizontal timeline, it's a vertical one, to create configurations of products to enhance their sales and all of that reusing the same material. So this is another way for us to re reduce the barrier and make manufacturer realize the power of 3D files, if I may say. Of, of, of course, and, and it seems like there's so many different applications across so many different industries, as you've mentioned. Um, I, I'd like to dive into a few specific use cases beyond what you've explained for our viewers. What are some really exciting use cases? right now for, for you? Is there a specific industry that you're really excited about? Or I, I'd love for you to elaborate on some of these uh, use cases. 
Yeah, one exciting use case is the one we're uh, preparing for the Royal Canadian Navy, uh, which is uh, using our software solution to create and to replace basically <laughs> um, big chunks of uh, paper documentation with interactive uh, uh, maintenance and training documentation. And all of that, as I said, reusing the existing 3D files. So this is super exciting for us because it shows you how what we're building is, if I may say, agnostic. It's like a bit of a sort of PowerPoint for 3D. A PowerPoint you not only using it for, for example, accountancy or <laughs> for corporate presentations, you can use it for a whole lot of uh, industries and use cases. And Synod is like that right now. And you can be a furniture manufacturer, you can be a marine officer that looks uh, that wants to uh, improve the time to proficiency to reduce the quality problems, etc. And all of that using the same platform. So this is super exciting for us. And of course, there are other industries as well uh, using Synode. And it gets me back to the first uh, question or the first part of our uh, meeting, which is, you know, when I said that what fascinates me the most is to create something that enables other enable other users to create uh we're uh in the team we're looking at that with amazed eyes and we're like we did something that people used to create things that we couldn't even imagine <laughs> uh, before so that's that's great it's, it's it's fascinating it's it's truly fascinating um can you talk to me about can you talk to me Adine, about why 3d instructions um, are the future of workplace efficiency. We hear a lot about efficiency in the workplace. Why can 3D instructions be the answer here or be an answer for a problem? Yeah, so we're visual learners. Um, and as mentioned before, combining different senses provides the best experience in terms of learning, training inside the business, um, especially in the context of a labor shortage like we're living uh, nowadays. A lot of companies were helping. Uh, before using Synod, they, what they did is they go uh, look at the senior uh, employee and they ask him to go and train those new uh, employees. So it's taken away of his uh, you know, production line to train um, uh, his colleagues but it is hardly encapsulated in a format that can be shared afterwards. And the back and forths caused by that are uh, enormous in a business. Um, the best way to, to illustrate that, let me, let, let me take a step back, all right? So we're all using Gmails, Outlooks, uh, email providers uh, to manage our communications, daily communications. But Scott, imagine if I tell you that there's no more Gmail, no more of that. We go back to the old, good, good old handwritten letters. <laughs> what, what would we say? I mean, it would it would take a lot more time to get our message across. Um, sometimes I do miss those days of handwritten letters, but certainly it's uh, it's a uh, it's something we don't all have time for, right? Yeah, totally. And manufacturers that know they have the equivalent of those handwritten letters, which is the uh, technical uh, communications, the product documentation or the process documentation. And it's it's not for nothing that it feels like a punishment for technicians and engineers to create and maintain them. It's so time consuming and 
the fun part is to create the product or the process itself, not to, you know, document it, document it, update it, and share it. So this lack of love shows, if I may say, uh, and has a lot of implications internally and externally. And that's why we think that providing a tool that helps uh, help repurpose quickly 3D files uh, through automations and through um, and different uh, cool features uh, is key for uh, improving the uh, knowledge sharing inside organizations and with their partners. Incredible. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of, a lot of ways that the current knowledge sharing is done for technical information that can be improved. And, and this is a big gap that you're solving. What are some different things that are wrong with the way that most complex technical information is shared? Um, you've mentioned a few different things already, but I'm curious if there's more we can elaborate on. Yeah, so very, I, I mentioned quickly the the term versioning and updation, but it's a big deal uh, because imagine that you've created, you've just created like a 50-page uh, instruction guide or manual guide for, for a product or a process. And that um, we know that companies are always improving their uh, workflow, their products, and that you have a small update to do. You want to, let's say, change a bolt because you have a new type of bolts or you have shortened the panel, so you need to readapt everything. So you imagine the time that it takes to update manually all of that, create a new version, store it somewhere, and having to deal with who's who's having what. Uh, because some, some uh, parts, some partners have the old guide because they have the old products and others have... And since it's paper-based, it's impossible to know what's going on with it. It's impossible to capture analytics data to improve it and to update it when necessary in a click. So that's another example of what uh, Synod can provide uh, for those manufacturers to quickly help them update, generate new versions, and to capture the data to detect problematic steps because there always will be some steps to be improved uh, because we'll know that Users go back to this step again and again and again, and this is a sign that something is wrong with this step. Because sometimes they go um, uh, to, through the whole process and then realize they did something wrong. And that's one other cool aspect of Synod, which is that, of course, it automates the animation. So if you take away parts, the animations are uh, done automatically. But the other element is that the step ordering is you can change it, you can readjust it. You can, um, it's uh, its not linear. Uh, it's a tree-based uh, algorithm that makes it possible. So this is another uh, way of uh, helping manufacturers to improve, update quickly what they have created with us. And one last element is that Synod is a central, we can see it, look at it as a central. Some companies generated other formats through what they created with Synod. So we talked about extended reality, augmented reality, which is of course in our you know roadmap. But they can also generate videos with Synod if they need or other formats through what they created. So it becomes a one stop for uh, encapsulating the process of creating, sharing, and in different formats. Uh, to their partners and users, depending on their requirements, of course. Very interesting. And you just mentioned AR, VR being on the roadmap. 
for side note. I'm curious, what are your thoughts, Edine, on the current state of AR and VR, and how does that fit into your future plans? Where where do you see uh, your, your, yourself and your company going? So I think the, that we're uh, in the Cambrian age uh, of these uh, visualization technologies. And what's going to happen with the mixed reality? We all we've all seen the you know the big uh, announcements of Apple with the Apple Vision Pro, and we're in the verge of an arm, or actually we're in an arms race uh, between big uh, players uh, that will quickly um, democratize those type of headsets and make them smaller, smaller, and smaller and less invasive. Uh, I think that. 10 years, 20 years from now, the screens we're looking through right now will not be that, uh, how you say, um, cutting edge. Uh, it won't be, uh, it will be almost like, I'm not going to, maybe it's an exaggeration, but um, I like to say to our manufacturers that paper documentation is like the yellow books uh, or the Sears catalog. <laughs> Nobody is using it anymore. And I think that screens and the way we share knowledge right now, statically um, speaking, um, is going to be replaced by the 3D visualizations. And this will take a lot of aspects. And it's fascinating because it's going to be combined. We'll see augmented reality combined with um, 3D to create those interactive, uh, you know, you can interact with your environment through extended reality and all. And this is where uh, we're getting in, and that's what Synod is preparing with its platform. Incredible. And you know, you've had a, a great journey as an entrepreneur. It's not easy to build a company. Is there anything, Adine, over the last few years that has surprised you during your journey of building Synod about the, the industry that you serve? Um, the most surprising um, thing is uh, how you could find the same pattern in different aspects of the of the business whether it be internally and externally and it's all about finding the right balance uh between um you know the the vision and the bootstrap uh, between the visual the technical between the collective the individual uh between where you're at and where you want to go uh so maintaining the balance between different uh, axis, if I may say, is the most surprising, or maybe it's not the right word, but it's the most uh, thrilling, if I may say. And I realized that it's basically the same pattern everywhere. And that's how you can also predict uh, the success of a company or a startup. It's uh, the, um, yeah, uh, the capability or the ability to uh, maintain a good level of focus with a good vision and you know uh, upgrading uh, step by step uh, and lifting off your business uh, to fulfill its potential absolutely and do you have a proudest moment as ceo so far of Synode? um the proudest moment is when company directors that are our clients that you know when they call and they're like it's amazing they're proud uh, because they receive good feedback from their customers and they're all excited about it and it, it it's it's really great moments and uh i remember i remember i always remember this director of um um and 
how do you say a bot elevator uh, company, uh, manufacturing company that was showing to me the reaction of their distributors when they saw I uh, showed them the uh, the the, the, the uh, yeah they've shown them the uh, 3D instructions created in Synode. Like look at that, look at the reaction. And people are like, that's great, that's awesome. It's a way for the it makes them proud, which makes us proud because it's a way for them to see that's us, that's how our product and um so this the, the, those are uh yeah uh, great moments and uh full of pride for us that's great feedback and, and i'm sure the customers you have are thrilled with the service you're you're that they're receiving um i'm curious obviously you know adoption of new technologies takes some time um Adine, why do you think it's important for the industries that you serve with Synode to prioritize digital transformation within their organizations yeah, it's um, a fast-paced world. Uh, you know, we have breakthroughs each day. Uh, a lot of well, we're living a lot of mini revolutions in the quantum field, in the artificial intelligence field, in the uh, robotics field, extended reality, mixed reality field, and. Uh, I think if we stick to old patterns or old way of thinking because it's comfortable, it's risky. Because all of those mini revolutions come with great opportunities uh, for uh, your businesses, but it's corollary to the threats. I don't want to sound, sound alarming, but if we ignore them, uh, we can, uh, you know, we can be victims of effects that are not welcome if i may say to your business so that's why it's important to have a good um digital transformation strategy and in, in the business and also to maintain a good technological watch uh, i know a lot of business leaders are busy with a lot of things going on at the same time but it's important to see what's going on around in your landscape and even uh, further to anticipate the future and make the right decisions now I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And, you know, one thing you mentioned earlier in a conversation was, um, you know, someone needing to train a new person within the company. And, you know, is there time for that? There's a big labor shortage in manufacturing right now. So I think it's necessary that digital technologies such as uh, Synode exist, and this will help companies become more efficient and overcome some of the challenges associated with these labor shortages. So, um, I think you know there's challenges to adoption, but with a technology like Synode has, I, I I really see this starting to pick up and and gain momentum, which is really exciting for for you, I'm sure. Um, I, I've really appreciated learning more about Synode, some of the topics and, and challenges you face um, as a CEO. I'm curious, are there any topics that we haven't discussed yet that you'd like to talk about? Anything that you'd uh, want to add on to this conversation for the audience to know about Synode? um you know 3d technologies vr ar anything that you want to add on maybe i have a question uh, it's not something to add on but uh sure so a, a question for you um and one of the interesting characteristics of axia is that it streamlined the communications uh internally and externally regarding the supply chain and i wanted to see if you force if you foresee some, you know, impacts of those 3D visualization uh, technologies, uh, and if you foresee some implications of them in your uh, in the way you streamline the communications and the supply chain world, if you have any thought about that, 
it's it's an interesting question and it's one that I haven't thought about yet. You know, as you mentioned, we 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 help um, we facilitate more uh, efficient collaboration. You know, within the supply chain, and I'm sure you know as these three D technologies evolve. You know, communication between suppliers and manufacturers. Um, the way this is done, it's still old school. You know, it's still very, very stuck in the stone ages. I'm sure there's some room for technologies such as this. I'd have to think more on it, Adin. And <laughs> maybe there's a part two to be had here, and we can dive into some of the the use cases there. But it's very interesting to think about. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Um, yeah, the, it's interesting to see how, you know, in both worlds, uh, there's this streamlining of communications, but in different aspects. And it's always the same, you know, uh, how do you say, uh, not the same pain, but pains that are similar in terms of reducing the dispersion, the use of, you know, uh, inadequate tools to do and manage those communications. Uh, but in one way for the supply chain and the other way is in the product documentation and the product com technical communications using 3D. So I wanted to see if there are some, uh, um, you know, uh, thoughts about how one can, uh, how do you say, impact the other uh, and vice versa. I, I'm sure there are ways, and like you mentioned, it's it's about streamlining that communication. You know, for for us, it's about supply chain visibility, and if if manufacturers don't have visibility into what's going on in their operations, what's going on in their supply chain, it's very hard to make the proper business decisions. It's very hard to be strategic when everyone is constantly in that reactive mode, right? Yeah. So I think getting people out of the reactive mode and into the strategic mode. Um, is is great and this is what i see with cyanode as well you're helping you're helping manufacturers and other industries be more strategic and you're helping them communicate more effectively and collaborate more efficiently at mm -hmm. the end of the day correct yeah yeah totally amazing um the last question i have for you Adin, is uh you know our audience you know is very curious to learn about you and you've done a great job explaining your background and the background of cyanode are there, what are two books that you would recommend to our audience if, if you could recommend anything, any genre? Any, any genre? Um, yes, if you, if you have any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so one, yeah, I, I go from, that what impacted me uh, most recently is The Righteous Mind uh, of Jonathan, Jonathan Haidt, uh, which is a fascinating uh, synthesis between, um, psychology, political analysis, and moral uh, reasoning. And I, I say that it, it really, it's really interesting because it delves uh, deeply into the uh, psychological roots uh, of our, the way we, you know, take decisions, we, with the way we behave. And then it ascends to the implications of it in politics and, you know, uh, and other aspects of our social life. But as an entrepreneur, when, when I was reading it, I couldn't help but notice the implications as well in our own uh, the daily uh, life, you know, in, in terms of team, the team, the group psychology, or in terms of the manufacturers or the clients we're talking to. So it, it, it was really an interesting read that's outside of our, you know, uh, business, but it can uh, help us grow in our understanding of what uh, the society, society and what's surrounding us. And the second book is, uh, well, of course, it's a classic, uh, Start, Start With Why, <laughs> Simon Sinek. 
definitely uh, a classic. Yeah, that's uh, the, yeah, that's the kind of books that I like to have as a reminder to read over again, and uh, it's um, it, you know the 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 way it explains purpose and its implication on success on 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 your business on uh, your personal fulfillment or growth is a, a classic and uh, it always lives with me and I, I always ask myself uh, this question when i try to convey our messaging it's why are we doing that and not only in terms of synod but also in terms of more tactical or day-to-day -day decisions so it's important to to keep that uh, as well uh, close uh, to us totally agree i think purpose is is super important that's a fantastic book Appreciate the recommendations on that note, Adin. It's been a great conversation. Um, I'll give you the last word to to wrap up this podcast. Anything else on your end? If not, anything to guide our audience to? What would you like them to check out? Um, and we'll we'll finish there. Yeah. Uh, well, what I say is thank you. Thank you for the podcast. It was really uh, it was a pleasure. It was agreeable. And yeah, for the audience is that if you're looking to you know, uh, launch a company or set up a business, uh, you know, follow your instincts, keep your eyes open, uh, trust yourself and surround yourself with talented uh, people. Uh, so that's my uh, my recommendations. And um, most importantly, like Charles Bukowski said, uh, don't try. It's paradoxical, but this means that it needs to flow and it needs to be natural and needs to resonate with you uh, in order to make it uh, fun and purposeful uh, as well. Love it. Thanks, Adin. And uh, again, this has been the Data Driven Supply Chain Podcast. Fantastic interview with Paki Adin Alimat. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Have a nice day.